What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Booming Basketball Podcast. I'm Nate here with Danny, as per usual. Danny, we're getting back from the All-Star break today when this is going to be uploaded. First day back of NBA games. It's a, it's a good time to be a basketball fan. We uh, finally are you know done with our week-long hiatus. How are we feeling today, Danny? Um, I'm feeling fantastic. I'm so happy that the NBA season is finally going to come back. But, uh, dude, that, that All-Star break was damn near unbearable. So I- fun to watch. <laughs> he says with a straight face, with a tear running down his cheek. I had such a good time. It was terrible. Oh my god, I I don't even know where to start. Like I I guess we'll start with the dunk contest. Like it, like what? What is there even to talk about with that? <laughs> sh- I mean, there's I Mac guess McClung there's, there's, is cool. What positives are there to talk about it other than Mac McClung? Which is you know it, good for him, but I'm sorry, I'm in the minority. I think of people that I don't think he should even be allowed to be in the dunk contest. Like he's not an NBA player. Like. He's essentially a professional yeah. dunker at this point. So, like, Wait. I mean, if you're going to have professional dunkers in it, then have other professional dunkers, I guess. But, like, Mac McClung isn't an NBA <laughs> player. He's quite literally a G League player. Yeah, I understand that. But, like, it, I, I think it was just the NBA's attempt at trying to save the dunk contest. Yeah, no, totally. And, I get why they did it. It's just I don't agree with it, I guess. And I'm not trying to sit here and be, like, an old head or, like, whiny about it. Listen. I don't think it's a big deal because I don't give a shit enough because the dunk contest is boring as piss. You know, Jalen Brown, they tried to rig it for him after jumping over one foot five uh, Kai Sinat and sitting in a chair. Yeah. I was so, about to like, say <laughs> that, like, who, uh, God, who was it? Uh, who, who jumped over Shaq? Uh, Wait, what do you oh, mean? Oh, Hami Hawkins. Oh, Hami Hawkins. Yeah, Hawkins. Yeah, Hawkins, yeah. Hawkins yeah. got less points for doing a dunk over Shaq than Jalen Brown got for doing a normal dunk over Kai Sinat. Well, J- Jacob Toppin got like one of the worst scores of the contest after doing a three sixty between the legs. Like that what dunk the was qu- like that. I thought that dunk was pretty good. I did too. Like I was like, all right, that's a like maybe that's a fifty because you know like there weren't very many good dunks like to begin with. So it's like I think the bar was set pretty low. So I was like, yeah, maybe they'll give him a fifty on that. Give him like a forty seven. They just they get, get rid of, of all the judges. Get rid of the, like the whole the one on one tournament thing that everyone wants it's never going to happen so i don't nope. think it's realistic you know what i think they should do danny i think we should have a battle royale where uh, you take every <laughs> team get takes one player and they put them into an arena and you have like a little hunger games type of thing and the winner of it all uh, should win like the contracts of all the players that they uh you know kill i mean i, I honestly I think what... that i think that listening to that proposal was more entertaining to me than the all-star break <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> it was, it was just. It's like terrible. they have one of the and like. Yeah, the one on one or two on two tournament is probably never gonna happen because like players might actually end up trying during it. that. God forbid. Yeah, and they're not gonna risk injury. And then the minute someone gets hurt, they're gonna be like, "Okay, this is done. We're never doing this again." So like, exactly, this was a terrible idea. It it and I mean, like the the, the thing only I thing think, that you know, I could say keep or you know don't on. change anything about is a three point contest. It, you weren't. You weren't a fan of my idea you don't think it'd be cool to draw names out of like a hat like, <laughs> i mean from the new awesome. york knicks uh jericho sims and then, you know watching jericho sims and like tari eason battle it out to the death that'd be pretty sick <laughs> yeah uh, oh and you know if we could watch jericho sims versus like bismack biombo that'd be sick that'd be They'd awesome be, like, imagine them wrestling and stuff like beating the shit out of each other that would be, be pretty fun. Better than the dunk contest. Yeah, I don't talk know how, about risking you know, injury over here. <laughs> I don't know how legal uh, legal teams would feel about that or the NBA's, you know, like advisors. But 
I think it's worth, you know, reaching out to Adam Silver, you know, floating the idea. And, you know, if he doesn't like it, that's one thing. But I, I, I really do. Like, I, I like that idea of, you know, a little NBA Hunger Games action. Um, uh, obviously, I'm not being serious. Yeah. But I, I just want to put that out there because I feel like in today's world, you have to say that or else someone's like, actually thinks I'm going to, I'm in favor of having NBA players fight each other till one of them, like, <laughs> passes away, which obviously no. But I think something they could do maybe is, Definitely, the Sabrina Steph thing needs to keep uh, that was be awesome. done again. They definitely need to do something again with that. I forget someone on uh, one of the commentators. It might have been Reggie Miller or something. If it was Reggie Miller, it was one of the first times I've heard him say something. You know, smart. He <laughs> said that it should be like Steph and Dame versus Caitlin Clark and Sabrina. I thought that'd be a really, really fun idea. I don't exactly know if Clark would. I think she'll be in the WNBA by this time next year. So yeah, that would be. be really cool. Shout out Caitlin Clark, man. She's awesome. That would would that not be dope to see those two? Or no, those that would two, be sick. Like, going I, at those two. I saw something kind of like that, but it was uh, Sabrina and Caitlin Clark versus the Splash Bros. Fight to the but, death. But <laughs> versus Splash Bros, which Clay and stuff. But you know, Clay's. Oh yeah, like, Clay's you know really good right now. So that's I'm not going to speak bad about him on here, but he's out of his prime for sure. Clay's uh, one more like I don't know like insulting question from flashing his four rings again. <laughs> <laughs> I got I'm four. four. I'm not the player four, I used four to be, but I'm still. I got amazing. four. Rings. Did you know I had four rings? I have four rings, by the way. Did you know I won four NBA championships? I have four NBA championships. Um, yeah. You know, there's enough. The NBA All Star Game is what it is. The All Star Game itself sucked. Like Terrible. it just. There's no defense. It was just 211 points. I. I just don't see, like, I know it's, like, in, I guess kind of copying the MLB because the MLB used to do, you know, uh, AL versus the NL in the All-Star game, and it was meaningful because whoever won that would get World Series home uh, home field advantage. I don't see why they shouldn't do that with the NBA. I think it would be fun. You know, they'd have some players trying. But also at the same time, I'm just, like, you know, they are human beings. Like, these players need a break, and their one break during the season is the All-Star uh, weekend. So, you know, I'm also in favor of just letting these guys kind of rest. And, you know, the All-Star game doesn't have to be that fun. I mean, it sucks in the NFL anyways. In baseball, it's only good because, you know, it's really hard to not try in baseball. It's either you try to hit the ball or you don't. Like, players aren't purposely going to, like, swing and miss. That's just fucking stupid. (laughs) So, like, I feel like in basketball, it's kind of like the All-Star game is what it is. I'm not really... Yeah, if they do something like that, I think it'd be interesting to see. What do you? Would you? What are your opinions on that? Like, would you want to see it mean something and have them possibly have that kind of incentive of like home court advantage in the finals, regardless of record? It would definitely be interesting, but I think the two problems with it that you'd see are like players who got snubbed, such as like Demontis Sabonis. Um, like that they would probably have a problem that they didn't have any, or like that that they weren't able to impact that game at all. And yeah, like, that's let's like, say like that's going to happen mean, regardless. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. People I know. But I'm, sa- but I'm saying, like, let's say, like, oh, like, the Kings make a finals run, but then they don't get home court advantage because, and, like, Sabonis is going to feel some type of way about that because he didn't get to play in the All-Star game and he didn't have a say in whether or yeah. not, you know, you know, like, he, he wasn't I mean, able I, to contribute. Like, like guys, will have, guys will have more of a problem with being snubbed. And at the end of the day, we do have to remember, it's the All-Star break. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Play- it's the whole... They need a rest. Like, these players yeah. are going insanely hard. Most people are, like many players have said and coaches have said over the years, at the end of the season or, like, at this point of the season even, 
like no one is completely healthy. Like guys, even the guys that are healthy, quote unquote, are still playing through injuries, ticky tack things, you know, being a little banged up here and there. So like, I think having the all-star break is a huge, huge opportunity and something that guys really need to be able to rest and, you know, get, get some, you know, pressure off of their bodies because they're just always going like 24 seven in the NBA. It's a nonstop league, you know, games, the maximum amount of days you're off for in the NBA really is like two days unless there's a special holiday or something. So like this is like, yeah, like you said, it's the only real break. So like, I'm not so sure I'm in favor of taking away the player's only real break and trying to make them, like, make them play in a game just for entertainment when they're doing that already the whole entirety of the season. Well, the reason, I I feel like the reason why there's, like, absolutely zero defense played in the All-Star game is because there's, like, a common misconception that all that people want to see and be entertained by is just scoring. So I I feel like the players... Well, I think it's also that it's just more effort. It. It yeah, requires yeah, yeah. more effort to play defense than it does to, you know, lay up lines or just right. chucking up logo shots. Right. But um, I'm just, I'm just going to flash over real quick to, like— You're uh, going to flash me? The, yo! There was a— uh, Please don't flash me. Adam Silver was asked about, like, over the past calendar year, there's been se- uh, four 70-point games in the NBA— and, like, what he thought about it, if he thought it was bad for the game or not. And he said that he feels that there's also a common misconception that, you know, the NBA is fueled and, like, that the fans are just scoring offense-obsessed. Yeah. When, like, I, dude, I like I want to see good defense because I want to see good offense. You know what I mean? Like, the best defense in players is going to bring out the best offense in players. And, like, I, I don't really feel like seeing Anthony Edwards or, like, Carl Anthony Towns just run down the court and dunk it. I just mentioned two Timberwolves players. I don't know why. But, like, Carl Anthony Towns dropped 50 in the All-Star game, and about, like, 20 of those points were just him running down the the game. Yeah, Yeah. him him running down the court and everyone on the East just clearing the way for him to throw it down. It was was just stupid. They were literally just, like, letting him have his own dunk contest in the middle of the game. Exactly. It's just... it's annoying as fans of some other players, and like you want to see these guys in their first All Star games. Like Tyrese Maxey barely touched the ball in his first All Star yeah, game, I which I get it, it's their first All Star game. But like Jalen Brown was just hogging them. It was the two Celtics would not pass the fucking ball at all during the All Star game, like at all. Jason Tatum doesn't like to pass during those games every t- every year he's been in them. Jalen Brown also he was hogging the ball. It was just um, who was else? Right oh, yeah, and, and Lillard. And Lillard, like, Lillard was hot, but he was just chucking. I don't want to just see the same players scoring over and over again. Like, Well, bro. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie, though. Watching Dame just make, like, two half-court shots. No, yeah. Beyond half-court I shots know. in a row. Like, that, like, that's pretty awesome. But they're not but even, like, like contesting said, him on same. any of the looks. Yeah, I know. Like, you, you don't want – I get that, though. You don't want to see the same players just scoring over and over and over and over again. Like, dude, like, Shea hit seven threes. He's not doing that in, you know, a regular season NBA game, but, like – it's just like, ridiculous because they were all wide open. I'm watching a shoot around. Why am I, I watching? Love, what I love seeing too, though, is you know you're saying, yeah. What are we watching? Like, what are we watching? It's not like there used to be like these spectacular plays. Remember Jason Williams like elbow passes in the, yeah. the All Star game when Stephon Marbury passed the ball over to himself and you know shot a, a self alley oop. It's just like we're like the whole playmaking aspect of things is gone too. Because look at Tyrese Halliburton's one of the most exciting passers in all of basketball. See, I really miss, like, seeing, like, the exciting playmaking and people passing and, you know, for the fast break transition. Like, there's still, we still have that. But it's just, like, when there's defense being played, at least to some degree, I miss it. Like, but I'm torn because I said, 
you know, I don't think that we should take away these players' breaks, but, you know, it would also be cool to see them play defense and, like, have that competitive competitiveness back that we we had a long time ago in these All-Star games. Also, one random, you know, note that I would like to see is I, I want to see us get rid of the All-Star jerseys again and just have players wear their own team's jerseys. I think that's really cool. That's it. I mean, I, I kind of like the All-Star jerseys this year. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I don't it's like them. I think it's because... Um, like it, it felt like more vintage, kind of like the old jerseys, like j- just like the blue versus red. You know I didn't I mean? mind them this year at all, but uh, I, I, I just I like them. I, I'm a fan of the teams wearing their own jerseys. I also just would like to see it because it's been a very long time. It's I really like that. like let's move on to uh more of the the Adam Silver stuff. What else Adam Silver had to say? Because I think that's more important than any of like the actual All Star festivities themselves. Yeah. And going back to your point about the 70-point games, I think, you know, these high-scoring games are almost losing, like, how special they feel. Like Because when I was watching Lucas 73, like, it was awesome, but it did not feel like I was witnessing history. It didn't feel like Booker's 70. I mean, like, yeah, but also uh, like, Booker's like, 70 like, felt like shit, too, because that was, like, well, yeah, that was almost like where this, all, this is where this all began, I felt like, almost, was uh, just, what? I mean, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, fuck you. What? No, I'm just saying. No, I, I'm just. I know. Like, I want to. What do, you, what do you mean? No, I'm just saying. Like, because we've seen it happen four times over the last 365 days. And when did Booker do that? What was that? 2018. I don't know. I feel old. Yeah, I don't know. It was like 2017 or 18. I'm I think that was two sure. K. I remember using his two K moments card in my team. Like. 20 that was 2k 17 i think yeah 2k 17 so it's 2016 or no 2016 or 2017 one of them one of those years yeah. is that season which was eight seven eight years okay ago. yeah you know you're, so. you're, you're, you're i'm gonna let you have the win on this one i think i'm a fucking idiot that <laughs> yeah, yeah but I, I i don't know like you also gotta remember like when booker did it it, it was, was huge news yeah, it was You're it right. was huge news. People were like, "Dude, this right. dude was only eleven points away from Kobe's record. Like that is crazy." And, they, and but then in retrospect, we're talking about Luca's game. I feel like no one was even mentioning how close he was to Kobe's record. Who's just like, "Oh yeah, well, another yeah, player because, dropped seventy. Because people are just assuming that over the next five to ten years, that it'll probably end up getting broken. Because yeah, I we, feel like, like like I've said, we've had four players drop seventy plus in the past three hundred sixty five days. That's insane. Oh, I know what. I want to ask you, who who do you think would be the player to do it? If, if someone's going to break either, I mean, w- Kobe's record, but let's say, God forbid, Wilt. Like, if there's someone to do that, who who do you think it's going to be? Is it is it Luka, Booker? Is it um, Jason Tatum? I said that sarcastically. Um, kind of, but I mean, I <laughs> no, I was going to make a Tatum joke about <laughs> Kobe's day. record, too. Um, uh, probably Luka, I want to say. But I it feel could like be that's Haywood like... Highsmith. Ugh. Tough if you guys didn't know, Haywood Highsmith like essentially just like log jammed a woman like in her, he he hit a woman while she was like behind a, her car or a car yeah. and her her leg she had to get a leg amputated. That's not and now good. he's getting sued. So typically, Haywood I Highsmith. would assume that would happen if if you know someone made me lose my leg. But maybe well, I'm yeah. a little insane for that. Yeah, back to the uh, seventy point games though. <laughs> Like, what are we talking about? We're talking about Haywood Highsmith cutting off or making some woman's leg fall off in the middle. This is, this is what the All-Star break does to people, bro. This is, The All-Star break is like a, it, it's like taking away crack from a crack addict. It's not like, <laughs> it, it, results may vary, but it's not going to be a, a pleasant aftermath. There's going to be some slurred words, some uh, 
random thoughts and some things that may or may not have been thought of in the shower. <laughs> exactly. Who do you think will get the 70 point or sorry, who do you think will be the person to break Kobe's record? I think it is definitely I think the next 5 years you're honestly like I expect it to be broken honestly in that that some point in that time. My gut would probably see Luca just because the amount of touches he gets to, and when he's hot, he is literally unstoppable from every spot on the court because he's big and can drive it to the hole and finish through contact. But when his shot is on, he's stepping back and hitting jumpers over literally whoever the fuck he feels like it. So I I think that it would probably be Luca, my gut feeling. But I also feel like Russell Westbrook could do it. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Whoa. No, okay. That was, that okay. Was a I think out. if I had a second person, it'd probably be Booker. Would probably be my second. Yeah, I it'd probably be one of like those when, two guys. I think because, like you said, when those guys are hot, they are basically on. No, not basically. They're unstoppable. Um, they're the two like, biggest like flamethrowers when they get hot. I kind of just like look at the guys who have scored seventy, aside from like Donovan Mitchell, because I just don't like, I don't think Embiid's doing it. I, I, yeah, I was about to say I don't see Embiid doing it because I don't see Embiid having another game in his career where he's where that hot work. and shoots like 26 free throws. Like and his he, knees he, are in contact or in it, it, oh, Yeah, that that too. But like in that game, he was scorching hot, making everything, and he shot over like 20 free throws, which I feel like that's just not going to happen again. Like I mean, he like, gets a lot it, of free throws. It could. No I'm, sa- no, I'm saying either he'll get his free throws or he'll be scorching hot, but I just don't see the two happening, like, happening together again. And especially... I mean, I'm not going to advocate for Embiid scoring 70 again, so I'm not I'm not going to have anything yeah. against what you're saying because I don't think he is doing that, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility because he is such a good scorer, but he seems more of a guy that's consistently going to score 40 and 50, than, and he'll have an occasional 50-60 point game, but I don't think we're going to see him really get up. To, I don't know, because I didn't expect him to score 70 in the first place, to be honest with you. like That was probably the most surprising you know high-scoring game we've seen in the that, that calendar year. So I think that having Embiid reach these numbers, it's it's good for him. But I don't think he's going to do it like anytime soon again. I don't think Donovan Mitchell's doing it anytime soon again. I don't think Clay Thompson is doing it anytime soon or ever again because he's pretty washed. I would have said Clay Thompson maybe a few years ago. Yeah. You know, I, part of me thinks Steph could do it, but I don't know. I, really, I was about I to mention that. Just, I, I, some, I feel like it's too late. What if he like randomly just goes off for fifteen threes in a game? Like it just it wouldn't even surprise me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna say I think it. If, if there's gonna be anyone, it's going to be Luca or Booker. I'd put if I had to put money on it, it would be one of those two guys. SGA I, is the guy I was thinking, but he has never scored over forty four. He just consistently yeah. scores thirty plus. He's so. the most consistent thirty point scorer in the fucking NBA. Like I don't um, think there's any other guys that get enough touches. Dame, but like, I, I kind of he's not I, doing I, it. I, I kind of reside off the Dame thing now because you know Giannis needs his touches. But I mean, we Dame's did see not Dame doing it. He yeah, could have done see, it if he was still with Portland. Yeah, we did see Dame I, go for. Didn't he hmm. get seventy? Yeah, yeah. Well, he got seventy when he was on Portland, but yeah, we saw well, him. He's go not getting for, seventy uh, with Milwaukee. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. I'm pretty sure his highest scoring game on Milwaukee. Did he not drop fifty this year? Dame. I think so, maybe. I think he I did drop like fifty once, but I, he's never gonna get the touches that he got in Portland. I, I, even yeah. though, even though Giannis had a quote where he said, "Down the stretch, this is Dame's team." Which, well, yeah, Giannis is gonna say whatever to make himself yeah. seem like a good guy, and then trade his teammates. 
I was going to say, I don't agree with the fact that that's his team down the stretch because Giannis is just better. That team ends starts and ends with Giannis. I think Giannis is their that team. I think Dame is their with, ceiling raiser. They have to have Dame playing like Dame in the playoffs for them to that team you know, ends really with get Rivers. to where they want to. That's where that team ends I with just, Doc Rivers, the biggest capper in the NBA, bigger than LeCap. I was going to say, that, that team doesn't start with Doc Rivers and end with Doc Rivers. It just ends with Doc Rivers. Like it, yeah, there, There's exactly. no... There's no uh, bright side to that. There's let, no cake. Let, let, let's just go through Doc Rivers' infamous quote run the last two weeks. He has said, so he's trying to take credit for James Harden panning out. Um, yeah, in Philly. In, in Philly, which is just blasphemous. Um, JJ Redick had something to say about that, which then Pat Bev had something. To, that's a pretty funny exchange. We'll, we'll discuss that. Um, he said that he tried to convince Kawhi to keep Shea because he didn't – he knew how good Shea was going to be. We've discussed. Yeah, I don't think LeBron. Shea knew how good he was going to be. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, and then that's he also just LeBron. He also uh, and I'm saying this, you know, based off of partial assumption. He had no idea why he was being hired. Like he he said to the Bucks and he yeah, said, "Why are this. you hiring me?" Yeah, basically, he said, "I don't know why you guys are doing this." As in firing Adrian Griffin and moving toward Doc Rivers. He was like, I don't know why this is happening. And now we see that the Bucks are a worse team with Doc Dude, this Rivers than they were with Adrian of, Griffin. Maybe not defensively, has, but just in general, they're not as good. This has to be one of the good. funniest, funniest developments, though, of the entire season. Like, this is – the Bucks have been – you know, last year I think the Nets were like our reality TV show. This this year it's kind of like the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks because we're getting to see – you know, they were the second seed with Adrian Griffin. His first year as a head coach, they fire him. It's just – it was like, okay, like – Oh, everyone was kind of confused by it, and then the Bucks are all happy about it. Then they bring in Doc Rivers almost immediately after, and it's just like, oh, and why? And Doc doesn't even know why they're doing it. It's ridiculous. Doc, Doc is confused because I think even at this point, Doc knows where his reputation is. It's like he doesn't and even want the job. The Milwaukee Bucks consulted the Celtics about Doc and said that was one of the ultimate uh, saying pieces in why they hired him, and they said that you know Brad Stevens and all of them vouched for him. I bet you they were, you know, Hanging up the phone, or he called Danny Ainge rather uh, for the Jazz because you know Brad Stevens wasn't. Um, Brad Stevens is, wasn't with them when he had Doc right. Rivers, but he called Danny Ainge. I bet you Danny Ainge is laughing his ass off after that phone call. He was like, <laughs> oh, "I just got them. To, you know, they're gonna need Doc. They're gonna sign Doc." Um, he said like they didn't win that championship without him in two thousand eight. I've never just seen a coach live off of one championship year that happened so right? long ago as much as Doc Rivers has. His and entire legacy so lies, much playoff selling too. His entire legacy lies within one year, one season of success in which he had three All Stars, arguably four All Stars with Ray Allen and Rondo. I'd yeah. consider that to be four All Stars, one of the best teams of the modern era, and you know, I think you could have had SpongeBob as their head coach, and they still could have won a championship with that team. You would think that his, you know, non-existent playoff success over the last 16 years would, you know, kind of wipe that off the table, but evidently not. And, you not. know, almost record-breaking choking. He's choked with the, with the Clippers. Yeah, He's exactly. blown 3-1 leads with the Clippers. He was terrible. He never exceeded expectations with the Sixers. They never got past the second round. Like, it's just, I don't know. What the hell has Doc Rivers done to warrant keep getting these opportunities over, like, new guys? Or even, like, Adrian Griffin hadn't done enough wrong to just be fired like that. Like, he's his first year. Let him try to figure things out, at least. I don't know how they said he lost the locker room. It's like, that's on the players then. It's like, I don't understand how you lose a locker room. Like, unless he was, 
literally like, hey, guys, fuck you. I don't like you, but I'm your coach. Like, I don't think he did that because that wouldn't make any sense. And why? I mean, it's why not like they were he, bad. Like They, they weren't, weren't bad. bad. They were still the second seed. They're worse bad, now than they were then. Bad. And yeah, I think exactly. that also being afraid, like teams like fear factor, I guess, or their intimidation factor. Even though I'm not afraid of Adrian Griffin or AJ Gr- Adrian Griffin, Adrian Griffin's <laughs> AJ dad, Griffin. Adrian Griffin, I'm not afraid of him as a head coach. I'm almost laughing at it when I'm going up against Doc Rivers and just knowing, you know, his history of choking and not, I should say recent history of choking. Doc has had a great career, I think, before, you know, the recent recent few years. He should have called it a quits then. Um, he's still going. At, he's saying, like, I don't know why you're hiring me. Why did you take the job, Doc? Did they remove your free will from your brain when you were born? Is that something that, like, happened? Did you have a procedure? <laughs> Why are you incapable of just saying no? And, you know, thank you actually for saying yes because, you know, I'm, I'd am like the Bucks to not win right now. Uh, that would be cool. But also because I don't have to listen to Doc Rivers' voice anymore on TV, which is super, super nice. What do you mean? He has such a great voice. I don't really want to listen to a guy that's talking like this the whole game. I, it's really, it kind of gets annoying at some points and you start to wonder whether you're listening to a basketball coach or a fucking 40-year-old smoker. <laughs> that's pretty good actually yeah, thank you thank you uh, but i've been working on my doc rivers uh, impression yo, before every day before bed the the only thing that i could see them even considering firing adrian griffin for than quote-unquote losing the locker room is that their defense wasn't good but what the fuck do you expect when you move Your away best from perimeter? Drew holiday when you move they away said, from Drew Holiday and bring in Damian Lillard. And then and then what's funny, too, is they bring in Beasley, who's obviously a very good shooter, and he's been pretty good for them this year, but they've tried right. to make him, like, their perimeter lockdown, like the guy that's supposed Not to, you know, be taking the, the number one perimeter matchups. And it's like, dude, I'm sorry, Malik Beasley is not going to be your answer defensively. And, like, you know, Chris Middleton got, has another year on his fucking age, so he's slowed down a ton. Chris Middleton looks borderline, you know, you know, senile at times out there. Like he's had some moments where he's looked better, but he really takes a lot of stupid shots. Now I think he's almost like trying. He's, he's just he's kind of reminding me of Clay Thompson when Clay. Chris Milton's reminding me of Clay Thompson when he came back. He's almost like trying to force things and prove that he's still the player of old. And you know, even the two way play, he's been solid. He's been okay defensively. He's not been super super good, but he's I, definitely I just taking a step that, back. Oh, well, clearly, and he's getting older, and with age and injury, things like that happen. And I think they have too much stock in Middleton because I'm not sure I'm comfortable with him as the third option on a team like this, especially when they're so uh, reliant on their offense being consistent because they literally have no defense. Brooke Lopez, he's blocking shots this year, but he's been an absolute nightmare trying to guard pick and rolls. His lateral quickness is it's really, really not good. He looks like he it's has cinder thing. blocks for feet. He has cinder like, blocks for feet. He is literally dude, moving the, the, into quicksand. These, these guys pick up defenders, but, you know, they're... Old, getting Pat Bev was know, nice, getting, but Pat Bev doesn't solve everything. Dirt, but th- then again, that's just another old defender. I mean, Pat Bev's still a good defender, but I mean, you know, that's I'm just not, another aging defender. Pat, and you know, as, as they're picking up these guys who are aging, like obviously they're going to get slower. They're not going to be as good anymore. Chris Middleton obviously is taking a step back defensively, laterally, and the same thing with Brooke Lopez. Like you said, absolute nightmare in the pick and roll this year. But it's because he's so slow getting back to his spot because he's old as dirt. Yeah, I also like. I honestly think Middleton's defense has been like decent. I think it's his offense is his offensive inconsistency has been the biggest problem. But I also just really like they have other than Giannis, who they really can't use as like a perimeter lockdown ever because he has to be that you know weak side help defender and like 
he has to be there to help Brook Lopez because Brook Lopez is struggling mightily with his matchups, and Bobby Portis isn't exactly an A-plus defender when he comes in the game either. So, you know, having Giannis down there, down low, is very, very important to them, like, being at least, like, serviceable on that end and being able to stop, like, a traffic cone. They have to have Giannis in that kind of position. But I don't know who they're going to have on, like, you know, team's best players come playoff time. Like, who the hell on this team is on the Bucks is going to guard Donovan Mitchell? Who's going to guard Jalen Brunson? Who's going to guard Tatum unless you put Giannis on him one-on-one? Who's going to—and then, and then if so, who's going to guard Jalen Brown? Who's going to guard, you know, like, who, all these perimeter players in the East, even Tyrese Halliburton, like, if they're going to be in the playoffs, Paolo Boncaro, Franz Wagner— they just don't match up well defensively against any team in the NBA. Like, there's not a single team where I'm, other than, like, or a single playoff team, I should say. There's not a single playoff team that I look on paper and match up against the Bucks. I'm like, yeah, they're going to be able to stop them easily. Yeah, I mean, moving away from Drew Holiday is that team's biggest downfall, and it sucks so bad because— I like, don't think we can say it yet, for sure. Like, if they do, I, No, I, I, I guess, but all those problems that you are mentioning, Drew Holiday solves damn near all of them. Like, yeah, he does. Not all Drew, of them, but he's Drew, definitely Drew. just. I feel like he compliment. Like, we were all talking about how good the fit was with him and Giannis complimenting each other, and I almost mm. them both needing the ball so much. I almost feel like Drew Holiday complimented Giannis better so far from what I've seen. Well, yeah, I mean, I could agree. I definitely agree with that. Also, the fact, like you said, bro, when it comes playoff time, guys like Jalen Brunson, guys, you know, just all the guys that you even mentioned, like. In the past years, Drew Holiday would definitely take that assignment. His job is to guard the other team's best player. He's been widely considered and, you know, like unanimously considered Not even by, NBA, assignment either. by NBA players as the best defender in the NBA. He was voted by NBA players the best defender in the league. And, I think perimeter defender or guard defender. I don't think it was well, it yeah, the best defender. Yeah, it was the league's best defender. Yeah. Oh, damn. Shout out Lou Dort was second. Um, the the thing though too with you say he takes his match he doesn't just take those matchups he owns them and he he takes yeah. pride in stopping guys and locking them down and he's also that's him you know, that's his game he's he's not Damian Lillard offensively but he's no schlub offensively either like he's a good his his early shot clock chuck ups and random mid range pull ups were a little uh, annoying at times but you know overall I think he had such a positive impact on that team and being a glue guy they don't really have a glue guy now. I mean, Jay Crowder's really not even a great defender anymore. He's I, but, like, Jay Crowder's not going to be your glue guy in big 2024. So um, I, I just think that it's they're lacking identity. And I think having Dame is – people aren't going to see Dame's true value either, though, till the playoffs when he's making those difficult shots. And as long as he doesn't shit his pants in the playoffs, which I don't – I think he'll be okay in the playoffs. I have faith in him. Yeah. But – if he's, you know, you need, like, those perimeter shot makers down the games. And I, a lot of times, especially when Middleton has been hurt, we've seen the Bucks struggle in those, like, tight games going, you know, bucket for bucket because as good as Giannis is, he's not stepping back and hitting jumpers over people like Damian Lillard can and creating from deep. But also I think it's going to be super glaring how much they needed Drew Holiday's defense too. So I'm really interested yeah. to see which is which becomes more glaring, how good Dame is in uh, or how important Dame is in regards to that perimeter uh, shot creation or how much worse they are without Drew Holiday defensively. Well, I think that we might actually end up just seeing a completely different scheme from the Bucks come postseason time. Like they might end up having Master you know, planning if... Doc Rivers. <laughs> well, actually, then I'm not gonna say this because Doc Rivers is not gonna do anything smart. But um, 
I don't have confidence in them come playoff time right now. Oh well, neither do I. But I'm saying that we might see a different Bucks team come playoff time. Like they might have, like let's say if they're versing, start Pat Connaughton. Give me a give me a team in the East. Well, uh, sure, give me a team in the East with a good forward or a good you know like six six plus forward. Jericho Sims. All right, (laughs) Jericho (laughs) Sims. Well, the Celtics. Like, I mean, I guess no. Yeah, Celtics okay. are so good all around, though. Hold okay, on. Yeah. What? Who? Who's like? I guess. Eh, eh, eh. Even like the Magic. Let's say. Let's say the Magic, who are a very good young defensive team, and they have you know those their two like, I guess, wings slash forwards in Paolo and Franz. Like, who on those? All right. One of those guys is going to be unguarded or guarded yeah. by like Jay Crowder. So. I'm assuming, or what the Bucks, you know, should do is take take a little bit of the offensive load off of Giannis. Try to have him move around more defensively in terms of like have him, you know, guard Paolo in that sense. Have him guard Paolo and have him as you know a help defender on Franz or something like that, and then try to have and you know they they don't want Giannis to you know, do that 100% because they don't want him to fully exert all of his energy on defense because, you know, then that yeah, would... Well, that's the whole thing is that Giannis ru- is so that, that, important that would get rid of half of Giannis. But, yeah, and- but, like, we might see Dame take, you know, that offensive load that Giannis is trying to well, take off of him. that's the he has to. In order to be and- valuable to this team and not be because of his defense is not good at all... He has to really be. He has to be Dame in the playoffs. He can't be like what he is yeah. right now. Like he has to find himself and like, because I think, like you said, Giannis is going to have to be a one-on-one defender in certain cases, like they did last year against the Heat when he came back. He would guard Jimmy, but Jimmy was cooking him too. And you know, I just think Giannis is almost more valuable to this team right now as that kind of weak side health defender and being you know the great you know guy getting in lanes and coming to the basket and stopping people from driving to the rim and being, you know, just a paint deterrent and being possibly the best defender in basketball all around. So it's just, it's hard to take out a guy who's so, so elite at that, at that one thing uh, and put him into an, another role, especially when it could exert more energy from him. And they obviously need his energy to be preserved partly for offense. It's just, I don't like the, this whole roster is not built well to me. It doesn't, they don't complement each other well. Like, Dame and Giannis, the only way I see them complementing each other well, really, is the fact that um, one's a perimeter scorer, one's more of an interior scorer. They're both ball-dominant players. Brooke Lopez is all right for them offensively, but his three-point shooting hasn't been as efficient as it has been in years past. And he's also just not very mobile with the ball offensively. He's not going to do much in terms of, like, taking it to the rim anymore like he used to. And it's just... I don't like this roster that much. You know, Beasley's cool, but he's cooled down a little bit from three the past few weeks uh, before the All-Star break. So I I just, I don't know. Their bench is terrible. It's Pat Beverly doesn't move the needle for me in terms of making them a good defensive team. I don't (laughs) think they did enough at the deadline, to be honest. Nope. I'm really just, maybe the Magic aren't a good example, but when it comes to like the other guys, like the smaller guards, like these quick dudes that can you know kill you with their footwork and just shot creating ability, like specifically I'm talking about mainly like Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell are the two guys that come to mind the most. Is because those guys are so quick and creative with the ball. Like who on the Bucks is going to stay in front of those two? Like please tell me because I there's no one, there's not a single person that is going to stay in front of Jalen Brown, uh, Jalen Brunson or Donovan Mitchell. Hence why you know Brunson's had some of his best games of the season against the Bucks despite the Knicks losing it's it's more of a 
thing that I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that for a whole series and not get tired or try to you know change things around because if that if they are getting cooked by one of those guys or like one of those smaller guards or someone who's quicker on the perimeter like they're not they're going to try to change some things and that's obviously going to mess with um, just like their feel for the game in general so I think scrambling at the defense like that is going to be huge and especially scrambling a defense that's already not good where I was going with that point was like you know you know I mean maybe like you said the Magic maybe aren't the best example but like let's just say a team like the Magic Giannis I'm not gonna say locks up Paolo because I don't know yet but you know should uh Giannis will be on Paolo the entire game like Franz Wagner's not single-handedly beating the Bucks. That's just no, not yeah. happening. Exactly. So that 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 I'm sure is what they're banking on is that the fact that they can have Giannis guard the other team's best player and then Dame could just outscore and outperform whoever else. That's is what they're gonna, gonna have to do. They're gonna have score to on the other team. People. Yeah, and that that's the only real strategy that I see the Bucks being able to have because they're just not good defensively anymore. And it's really crazy the downfall of the Bucks defense. I mean, like. Last year they were one of the best defensive teams in the league, and now just and they really only lost like one like really good defense. Yeah. I think it just shows how much of an impact Drew is. Exactly. I think Drew's honestly up there with Draymond in terms of defensive impact. And you know, obviously, I'm not going to give him the entire credit for the Celtics' defense being so elite because they have so many good players. But he's like the the orchestrator for that defense. He's the guy who's kind of telling people where to be. You see him calling things out. Him and Derek White are just the best defensive backcourt in the league this season. So I, I just, you know, I don't know if they're going to regret getting rid of Drew, and I don't know if they're better right now with Drew because, you know, they are still, if they didn't have Dame, their shot creation would be a little worse. But, again, Dame's not shooting the best. I don't know. The Bucks are in a really weird position right now, and I didn't think we'd, I did not think we'd be talking about this. I didn't think we'd be talking about them like this, like how we are right now at the beginning of the season because I really did. Yeah. I thought this was going to work out, and now, you know, Dame is a huge question mark. I thought we'd just be talking about them as title favorites, not yeah. Honestly, you know I, what I the hell? Are, not I not did. not like what not what the hell are they gonna do come playoff time? What's their strategy gonna be? They're not looking so good right now. Doc Rivers is their fucking head coach. Like I was not expecting to be able to talk about that. I just think it was so random. It was just a random development that seemed it like was. something straight out of like my league in two K. It was like <laughs> Doc Rivers to be named Bucks' new head coach, and it was broke by TMZ at first. And I was just like, oh, like. Who told was TMZ it? this? Yeah, TMZ originally broke it. And then it was like it was like this hasn't been confirmed yet by any legit sources. Blah blah blah. But they ended up being right. So TMZ was the first person to break um, Doc Rivers signing with the Bucks. And I'm still just unless this somehow ends in the title, I'm never going to understand the move. It's never going to make any fucking sense to me. Nope, I don't understand it. I will never understand it. They were literally a better team with Adrian Griffin than they are with Doc Rivers so far. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat of the Bucks record since they hired Doc Rivers, and I think it was like three and. Three. I think they're three and seven. Yep, I was gonna say three and seven, two and seven, something like that. And then he's the All Star um, coach, very and, deservingly. And, and they they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, who played a team full of like G leaguers and Gigi Jackson Williams. and his um, yeah, Gigi <laughs> Jackson like... and Zaire Williams gave the Bucks absolute work. Oh yeah, Zaire had like twenty in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah, he went crazy, and Gigi Jackson just, looked great down the stretch in like the fourth quarter. Like that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like if if that's if Gigi Jackson and Zaire Williams are doing that to you, like no no disrespect to them, especially Gigi. I love Gigi. Yeah, a defensive but, problem. 
you have an issue if you can't stop those guys because how the hell are you going to stop the Stars in the playoffs, especially for a seven-game series? That's the whole reason why I'm struggling to believe in this team because you look at the Celtics, elite defensive team. You look at the other contenders out east, at least, or even in the west, you can look at Timberwolves, great defensive team. Thunder, great defensive team. Clippers, great defensive team. The top four are all great. The Nuggets, great defensive team. The, then at, out east, you look at the other top four, um... You know, the Celtics, obviously, elite defensive team. Cavs, great defensive team. Knicks, great defensive team. So how are these, when all these teams are two-way teams and then the Bucks are just so, the Bucks to me right now are almost like the Pacers on steroids. They're just, <laughs> you know, they're a super heavily uh, offensive-oriented team that is, you know. Non-existent they, they, defense. They're not, yeah, they're not, they're not going to guard anyone except for they do have a Giannis. Like, Indiana doesn't have a Giannis. The only reason I'm not counting out their defense completely is because Giannis can almost lock up teams by himself at times, depending on their game plan. But again, I just don't know that I trust Doc Rivers to utilize this team and try to get the most out of this, like, weird roster that he has come playoff time. You know, and I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I watch every Bucks game because I just don't. But, how dare I've only you? Watched, I, I, <laughs> How I've dare only watched, you? I've only watched one game with Doc Rivers as their head coach, but I think it's been an ongoing thing throughout the entire season. A lot of Gigi Jackson and Zyra Williams' points were just like catch and shoot, and it's just it's a product of guys just falling asleep on the Bucks defense. Yeah, they have a bunch of lazy defenders because like, Beasley really cares about offense. Damian Lillard really just cares about offense. Chris well, Middleton I sometimes saw, doesn't give a shit they, about defense. They had they had Beasley on Zaire Williams in like like down the stretch. It was like the fourth quarter, and the Bucks were actually making yeah because they think he's their perimeter and, lockdown. They're on well, drugs. Well, they they had him on Zaire Williams, and he basically Zaire Williams runs to the corner off of a off ball screen, and Malik Beasley just watches the ball just sail over his head, and that's the Malik Beasley special, and, bro. And, yeah, and then Zaire Williams is halfway through his jump shot by the time that Beasley even puts a hand up or gets to him. Like, it, it's just, it's slow, it's lazy. It, I don't know. It, it might be a thing about effort at, at the end of the day. I think it is partly, that, that's part of the reason I think the whole, like, Adrian Griffith lost the rock locker room. I just think this this team is a bunch of egos and people that think they're like bigger than the team. Jay Crowder's, you know, vivid, or uh, has had like, you know, issues with teams before with the Suns like just saying he doesn't want to play because he's not getting the minutes he wants like essentially quitting on the team you know Patrick Beverly's like he's just a fucking nut job I mean I, I don't know if he's good or bad for a team he was he was good for the Sixers and like he helped them because they didn't have any dogs but I don't know if having him as their one dog on the Bucks does anything or it just makes him look like a fucking idiot because like he's just constantly screaming and you know I don't know I'm not especially sure, screaming like, at JJ Redick on Twitter. And the whole well, let's address that though. The comments like Reddick saying like um talk, calling out uh Doc Rivers. And I thought one thing interesting that he said was that he calls out a coach and he gets a million views or whatever, but he can do a break but he does a breakdown video on Zion Williamson being used more so as a pick and roll ball handler and that'll only get fifty four thousand views. And I think that's just a great point is basketball fans and a lot of NBA fans, the sad reality is they're not really basketball fans. They just like drama, they like the, you know, big storylines, they like controversy, they like when JJ Reddick calls out Doc Rivers because it beef and it's drama and people can talk about it rather than you know actually ingesting a breakdown of zion williamson's uh, pick and roll ball handling with the pelicans and how they've been using him in a very very good and in-depth breakdown from one of the smartest players uh, we have on tv and in media it's just i think 
that's the sad reality of things, Danny, is people just really don't care about basketball a lot of the times, and they're just looking for, you know, almost reality television in the NBA rather than, you know, the sport itself. I agree. And it was, like, it wasn't even any, like, I kind of get it from Pat Bev's standpoint. Sure, he was trying to defend his coach, but, like, I, I mean, you just, I don't know. You you just don't say that to someone who he you know, made JJ Redick. Like JJ Redick was one of the who best had a collegiate NBA basketball. career than you. Yeah, well, and um, even before that, he's one of the best collegiate yeah. players of all time. Like the exactly, dude has talent. To say that a guy who is you know widely regarded as one of the best shooters that you know I I have seen as he's in my one, generation, he is definitely one of the best shooters of all time. Like without a doubt, yeah. top ten, fifteen shooter of all time. Yeah, but I'd probably say I'm top ten gonna, easily. I, I, I'm going to say 100% one of the best shooters that I've ever seen in my lifetime. The fact that Patrick Beverly can try to sit up here and, you know, talk about him saying that Doc Rivers made him is just absolute blasphemy to me. Like, and, and JJ replied with the fact that he, he literally had two other offers on the table and decided to end up and go play for Doc Rivers. And all that JJ was doing was calling out Doc for his cap, which is exactly what we're doing. Like, which is exactly what everyone should be doing. He called him out on his cap, on his bullshit. And it was about the Harden thing, saying that he had Harden pan out, that that was because of him. Like, J.J. was calling him out for that, and J.J. was basically just like, no, you didn't. Like, yeah, like it's not Please tell me where Patrick Beverly, who's been coached by Doc Rivers now for how many games? Like, or... He, Ten. he was coached by him on the Clippers. Were, were they teammates? Oh. No, no, they weren't teammates. He was coached by him on the Clippers, though, and the Bucks now, but it's like, where, where was your, who invited Patrick Beverly to this conversation? <laughs> like, like who, who asked what Patrick Pat Beverly Bev, has to say? Pat Bev don't need an invite in any conversation. You should know that by but now. But that's the thing is like the whole Bucks, like ego, Patrick Beverly, ego, um, Brooke Lopez. I like him. I think he has an ego. Chris Middleton definitely has an ego. Lillard, um, he doesn't have an ego, but like I get, he definitely cares about his stats somewhat. And I think he has a lot going on right now, especially. Well, he's also been, he, not, he, uh, well, we don't we don't really see an ego shine through when a player gets what they want a hundred percent of the time, and Dame's one of those yeah. players. Um, you got to keep happy. So it's just I don't know. Like I don't like how this roster fits. I've said it a million times. I'll keep saying it. I have zero belief in the Bucks, and uh, yeah, well, I think this we'll just turned into a Bucks it. episode. We're we're gonna watch <laughs> Doc Rivers crash and burn. I think again, once yeah. again, come playoff yeah. time. It's just I think the unfortunate reality of things for Bucks fans, and then hopefully they reassess in the off season and realize that Chris Middleton should no longer be a part of their core uh, basketball team. Yeah, Bucks fans, sorry for gunning your team. Not sorry. We're sorry for ripping you, but you also won a championship in the last five years. So I really don't feel bad at all. Like not sorry in the slightest, and you have one of the best players to ever play the game for your team so you know it bucks fans have been pretty spoiled in my opinion anyways i, I think that's going to do it for this episode danny um we we did a lot of talking about the bucks here i guess this is essentially just turned into a bucks episode and a nba all-star episode but uh we will be back weekly on tuesdays this was a bit of a we had a bit of a hiccup in our schedules and uh yeah we will be back regularly uh next week on tuesday with another episode so, Danny, any uh, final words from you? Um, other than the fact that the All Star break needs to change and the Bucks need to do something about their defense, no, I think we got it all covered. Well, thank you everyone who tuned in and listened, especially if you got to this point. We love you. Make sure to check out our other socials on Instagram or YouTube, and yeah, we will see you guys next week.
So thank you all for watching and peace out. Peace.